glasses. Let's clink. <laughs> Let's clink. You're in on the clink, Dana. There we go. I almost called you by your full name before I remembered you don't have one of those. No. It's like Prince. I just have the one. Yeah. Dana from Ghostbusters, played by Sigourney Weaver. My joke was the same. I just said Zool. You know, I recently rewatched both Ghostbusters movies back to back. Ghostbusters 2, not as good as I remember it. It's not a terrible movie. No. It's, if it was not a Ghostbusters movie, it would be all right. If it had been the first Ghostbusters movie, we would not have gotten a second one. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 is a rehash, but this is not a movie podcast. This is about as far away from movie podcasts as you can get. It's a fetish podcast. Welcome to KinkCast, your one-stop shop for uh, kinks, fetishes, sexual perversions, and all of it in a nice, warm, positive light. I am your host, Harvey, and with us tonight, we Why have... No. Ooh, no, he's not allowed. No, different Harvey. <laughs> he's in timeout since that one since that one episode. It's a is that what we're calling out. it? And is that why you're drinking this time? You got stuck. Okay, so last week we talked about Vor, and yes. you were not here for that one because once again you got lost in research, right? Somebody literally shrunk you down into a small size and then ate you. You know, it's it's it sounds like a joke, but uh I I did start researching the Vor episode and I got lost in the Sonic Vor. Oh and much like being consumed by a giant blue hedgehog, I've mentioned Chris Chan previously on this podcast, oh. mm-hmm. and someone started making a uh, extensive documentary series that is about the length and quality of making a murderer. Mm-hmm. It about is Chris Chan. It is about Chris Chan with forty-minute episodes. Leave him alone. He's I, got I'm not mental. bullying. I'm I know. not bullying him. I'm saying the world needs to leave him alone. I He's know. got mental but issues. Like, and, and I'm not coming at Chris Chan from this like 4chan perspective of like wanting to bully him and make fun of him. I think his story is fascinating. I think his story is tragic. And uh, watching these videos genuinely made me sick. Oh man, was was the documentary coming in as a uh, attack on him? It was or a very as a matter of fact murder kind of thing, and I think the documentary that I watched is supposed to be um, making fun, but like its its joke comes from the fact of how reserved and like neutral it's claiming to be. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like one of the most neutral ways you can hear Chris Chan's story, and uh, there are some dark places I, I never knew that story even went. And also, he's not innocent, but at the same time, what is his his culpability? And it raises actually a lot of intellectual questions. He doesn't have the mental fortitude to be considered like it's like a it's a weird cross section of classism. <clears throat> uh, it's not classism. Well, there's some classism in there, but of uh, ableism and um, racism and sexism. And also now there's that new element of, of transphobia and, and trans rights. And it's this amalgamation of several things that's impossible to discuss. It's a hot button issue. We could do an entire episode on Chris Chan. And okay. I think it would be welcome in, in this <clears throat> format. So we might do that as like a as a future idea to think, think to Geek explore. Cast topics. I like it. I think Chris Chan. Do you know like anything it. about him? No, but okay. I'd be very interested in finding out more about his situation. Maybe it wasn't on the show you talked about. It. Maybe it was. No, I talked about it on the Sonic the Hedgehog episode. You might have. I mentioned I very remember. briefly, briefly Sonic Chew. Yeah. <laughs> um, <gasps> oh, that was that was almost twenty years. One episodes ago, or something, something like, that. like that. Twenty six, like twenty seven. Yeah, that was episode, ago. episode two. I brought up Chris Chan, and uh, I watched his documentary. I got very depressed. Dana mm-hmm. and audience. 
look a little bit into it, uh, I'll go ahead and give you a, a warning that it's not the most uplifting content. And I'm going to leave that at that. But you know what is uplifting? Couches. That's huh. good. They keep you up. Lifted. So well today's said. fetish is going to be... Human think. furniture, or furniture play, or, as coined by Jeff Gord, fornophilia. Ooh. So if you could be made into a piece of furniture... I was about to ask that exact question. <laughs> Tommy. Yeah. What kind of furniture... What kind of... What kind of utilitarian furniture would you oh utilitarian be? see because my, yeah. my uh, bullshit answer was that I was either going to be a dream catcher or a buddhist prayer flag uh, I would find that to be the most uplifting like hung setup. by your hands yes. and like waving in I'm the just, wind I'm just hung up on the house catching all the bad vibes so that the family can be happy like I'm the catcher in the rye except for vibes I like that I'm the catcher in the vibes but utilitarian Meaning I know. you have to have some use. I, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. And there's a lot of furniture that is not actually useful that people are made into. Keeping out bad vibes is not a utilitarian use. Yeah, he literally swaps It's not like a real shit. thing. No, it's not a real <laughs> thing. Like the Zodiac. Okay, what? Killer? Yeah. <laughs> no. Astrology. <laughs> Astrology. <laughs> so that really does leave me a lot of options. So I guess like if I had to choose one, mm-hmm. I think I would probably be an oven. That's not furniture. That's an appliance. Ah, oh, Jesus. I, I That sounds... I mean, I bet that could be accomplished. I was about to retort that uh, appliances were under the furniture section in The Sims, nope. but they weren't. Nope. Appliances were their own section separated from furniture. And if you want to go to a furniture store, you won't find appliances. Uh, this really doesn't leave a lot of options to me. Um, <laughs> Table, I, chair, couch. <sighs> Coffee table. I don't like being lumped into uh, tiny... Nightstand. There are lots of other things, too. R2-D2 platter. Ceiling fan? <clears throat> ceiling You could be also a ceiling pretty fan. Sure that's an appliance. I'm pretty... No, well, it could It could work. <laughs> <laughs> it Imagine could. Tommy just spread eagle. <laughs> just around. <laughs> I would get mighty dizzy. Uh, also, I would have a metal, like, gear sticking out of my lower spinal cord. Yeah. I can... Mm-hmm. Depends which way you're facing. Yeah, that would be really hilarious. I, I like that you were about to say something that you knew would make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Locked eyes with me and said, mm, Tommy didn't like <laughs> no, that. No. And you backed off. Mm, yeah. um, okay, I have to pick one. Uh, oh, I like ceiling fan. I accept ceiling fan. Can I go with corkboard? Because I saw one and I thought about it. It'd be fun to have... That's... You just want things pinned into you? Yeah. Like, I would just stand against yeah. the wall and people would put push pins in me. Oh. Okay, yeah. That sounds I mean, like fun. A little gruesome. I get to feel things. Yeah. <laughs> For the man who can't feel anything, become a cork board. Yeah, I get to be a cork board. You <laughs> can put a, uh, a, a sign on me that says Department of Floor Plans. <laughs> would that be kinky? I guess, right? like, maybe somebody could get erotic pleasure out of, like... Putting messages on you or pictures. Is there a fetish for people who are into like causing Needles? pain? Oh yeah, is that a thing? That's is a it? thing. I don't think there is. I it we've totally... been in this for like twenty six episodes. I've never encountered anybody who's like perverse enough to enjoy pain. Yeah, uh, no, Chris, if I don't you think were so if you were a sexual piece of furniture, oh, uh, you'd be a wine rack. A cocktail bar is what I was gonna say. I stole like your the joke. rolling kind. No, the kind that's in the back of a limousine. I can't I imagine only the snapping cost. my fingers and Chris Morgan crawls in with liquor strapped to his back like a turtle with hey, an awesome shell. I'm going to, first of all, crab walk in. 
<laughs> like Reagan from The Exorcist. Yes, and and they will be strapped to my stomach. Zool, what is your sex furniture piece that you become? I was thinking. Okay, I found a couple of examples. Um, of people turned into useful things such as a lamp. I think they died. No, no. They literally, (laughs) like, like have a corset or something, and then they, like, strap a lamp to you to where you're, like, um, the light bulb comes out, like, right by your head. And then you just kind of, like, walk to where the person is sitting reading a book, and you shine your light on them. Like Pixar. Shine your light. I saw one picture of a woman that was pulling her legs up behind her head and had a light bulb in her vagina and it was somehow on and a guy was reading by it. They sell little light bulbs that are just on their own. So it might sound like we're kink shaming because we're kind of talking about how ludicrous this idea is, but don't take it as that because this is supposed to be. He's our favorite actor. I think. Oh shit. That's good. I think, I think it, it just shows the diverse nature of the utility of the human form. Yes. And also I think a lot of fetishes hinge upon being ridiculous and that's what makes them fun. And so don't misconstrue us making light of it Mm -hmm. as a way of, uh, of mocking it. It's more of a way of celebrating it because a lot of ridiculous fetishes are funny. Yes. And this is this is one of the funnier fetishes that we've looked into. Mm-hmm. Um, for research, I watched The Brave Little Toaster and Beauty and the Beast. Very good. Huh. The Brave Very Little good. Toaster is a film about suicide, but that's a discussion for another day. Beauty and the Beast makes sense. Brave Little Toaster, not so much. I Well, you have to understand, it was only on this episode since we sat down that I learned that appliances and furniture are technically different things. Well, it's also none of the people in Brave Little Toaster... Were people that were transformed into objects. But there are objects with personalities. Yeah. And they're also their personalities fit their their like functions. Like the blanket is super needy mm-hmm. and needs to be like giving constant Cuddles. attention. Yeah. And the toaster, in one of the greatest metaphors ever put into fiction, just has a reflective face, so people put their emotions on it. And so the toaster is constantly dealing with people like over empathizing and assuming that they're personality they're seeing in the toaster is their own holy smokes i never thought of it that way the brave little toaster is a deep film and in addition to the chris chan episode kids movie the well yeah it's it's way too dark to be a kids movie have you seen the worthless video from the brave little toaster Mm -mm. put a thumbtack in that but we got to move on to people jacking off to be in furniture yeah um and frankly i think a lot of this is um I identifies as like sexual objectification, like manifested. You're literally objectifying somebody. You're turning them into an object, which is kind of interesting. Um, it's also a form of human bondage, though not always. Um, it's also dehumanizing, which can be like cathartic for some people. Some people want to have their humanity stripped away um, to find use as something else, I guess. Um, so like you would think that dehumanizing is like a bad thing. And in a lot of cases it is, but I guess in this sense, it's like, okay, I want to stop being human for a little while and just be a footstool. Well, there's, I don't yeah. know, <clears throat> be useful as something else. As, as it, it makes is sense. with every fetish, yeah. there is a BDSM application of it mm-hmm. and there's a non BDSM application of it. And it could be semi therapeutic. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's what's what I've found in you know thirty one episodes of doing this show is that a lot of fetishes are. By the have, end of this episode, we're going to be up to sixty. 
Well, this is 31. Um, I, was, I, I was making a joke because you started with 21. I was like, the Sonic episode was 21 episodes ago. Or was it 27? I don't know. I don't do math well. 31 minus 1, 30 episodes ago. Because it would be the second episode. That's not right. I don't know. 31 math. minus 1 is 28. You're asking the wrong he's, person. Yeah, he's right. I'm right. 3 doesn't exist. Okay. It's not an actual number. <laughs> it's an incomplete duality. Oh, okay. But that's a, put a pin in that because that's an entire Kincast episode. It's weird because you think an incomplete duality would be two. No, an incomplete duality is three, but only in like a imaginary sense. But I'm getting into theoretical mathematics, which I know a lot about. And I'd like to get more into... Um, the theory is, I made up all of this mathematics. <laughs> Stick with me here. is not real, which means all numbers between 3 and 11 aren't real. But once you get to 11, it fills in the space, because 11 is a net duality. Because mm. um, there's two ones. He gets it. Interesting. I like it. But um, uh, no, I, I as it is with any fetish, and we establish this almost every episode, I, I know I'm a broken record on this. But I always assume it's somebody's first episode Mm -hmm. is a fetish is not simply something. Mm -hmm. It is applied from different aspects and different perspectives. And so when you have this fetish of turning people into furniture, you are going to have that dehumanizing aspect where you are selfishly taking advantage of someone's form mm-hmm. in a consensual sense they're into it right but then also there's people who are sexually aroused by the ridiculousness of it and the comedy of it there's people who are uh a- a- attached to the idea of it i mean everyone has their own individual perspective on a fetish mm-hmm. it can't be put into any corner right well and then there's like i don't know i think that was kind of interesting to see the different kinds of variations between these some are like i said are bound some are bound uh, unbound which means that you can like still move of your own volition if chris wants to crab walk out with drinks on his belly then that would be an unbound version other kinds um are like where you're actually tied to some kind of appliance or you're tied uh or bound with arms behind their back and it may be multiple people Yes, yeah. you 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 will see like uh, some of the really crazy BDSM stuff you'll see is like uh, five people strapped together to form a couch. Yes, mm-hmm. that that is de- definitely something you'll see. I mean, it takes a lot of body heat to create an oven. So <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, four, really. I really just like and just shove a turkey inside for a few hours, rubbing those hands together for a while, <laughs> touch a turkey. Yes. <laughs> I really, I really just like thinking of you as a ceiling fan, just in a circle, like spinning around, like, except for also at the same time, like while you're like seriously being a ceiling fan, but also letting out the woo, woo. The image that comes into my head is me being every piece of furniture and appliance in an apartment. And it breaks my mind because now imagining myself as the windows and the carpet and the door, Mm -hmm. but also the walls and, uh. You know what this reminds me of? Did you ever see the uh, someone modded Doom so that everything was Tim Allen? I've seen that. You've seen that. I, I thought that'd be more. Famous. I have seen that. I yeah. Everything is Tim Allen. The weapons are Tim Allen. The enemies are Tim Allen. The floor is Tim Allen. The walls. I've seen them do that with um, Owen Wilson, and every sound that came out of the machine a wow. was a wow, wow, which is pretty good. Also um, the uh, <clears throat> the Half Life mod where uh, every sound is made by one guy. He replaces all the sound effects, so it's just... Oh, <laughs> you showed me that. Boom, boom, boom. You showed me that. That was well done. 
No, he's not the furniture, unfortunately. You know what? Now that reminds me of something. I once in a play in junior high played a squeaky door. I think I researched the wrong thing. Like I had to like play a squeaky door. Anyways, um, I did find a couple of quotes um, from people that are actually um, fornophilia enthusiasts. Um, one male identifying enthusiast explained that he likes to be put in place and then encased in plaster, uh, posed usefully and then encased. So, um, like taken outside on a board or something like that, and then stood up like on all fours and then encased in plaster and let it, and let to dry and then used as a table, um, which is, or a footstool, which yeah. I think was kind of interesting that he likes to be encased. And I feel like it would feel nice to like break out of it once you're done, like once you're done playing. Like when you and, bury yourself in the sand when you're yeah, a kid. Yeah. No, but that, that kind of comes to the territory of any fetish that involves a person transforming into something else mm-hmm. is there's different levels of commitment. Yes. Kind of like how uh, you imagine uh, a furry fetishist <laughs> at the lightest level you have like a uh, a dollar store cat ears and cat tail hanging out of the jeans. Yeah. And at the highest level, you have like a $10,000 mascot costume that has been purchased and sanctioned off a specific website. Or even right. people who go through body modification. Yes. Yeah. yeah and so true. like as, as far as the furniture fetish goes, you can uh-huh. have someone who stands over you with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And we call these fernies? Fernies? Fernie sounds offensive, whether uh, no matter what it is. Fernie just sounds like an offensive association of sounds. I like the term fornophilists. Yeah, that sounds more fun. I was just combining with furries. Yeah. But, I mean, it's the same thing. You just replace animals with I guess if you're a furry fornophilist, then... Or you dress as couches. Well, or you dress up as a tiger rug. I don't know. Oh, shit. I was thinking about a relationship between a furry and a furniture... Filiac, mm-hmm. and one is the couch, and the other is the cat, and they get into some real bloodletting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other kind of variation that I was going to comment on also is there's okay, obviously those are examples of the bound and unbound versions, but I also wanted to talk about um, sometimes this is also used as like a not just a sexual thing. Like sometimes there's like power gain from using someone else as furniture or being furniture for somebody else. But sometimes this also involves, um, a level of, uh, 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 sexual foreplay as well. Um, a lot of the ones that I saw also involved some form of forced, um, like arousal or orgasm, um, where they would use like a wand attachment or something while someone was supposed to be holding a tray yeah, and saw. then they would attach a wand to, you know, their genitals and also like make them like sit there and hold the tray while they're like also like being stimulated. Yeah, I, I saw a few of those where it was like, oh, let me come over and grab something from the tray. And then while <coughs> you're making a cocktail or something with the tray, mm-hmm. you're also you know, yeah. diddling. You have to act yes. like an object while you're receiving pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I thought was pretty interesting. Some of the ways that um, people could, you know, just just be used that way. Like, um, okay, I'm just going to sit here and hold this tray, but you might like twist a nipple or tease somebody or lick somebody while you're also doing so that. So you're coming up to your lover who's pretending to be an oven and you like do the dials on them. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And yeah. then you like open the door and you put a... a cake batter inside uh there you go because i saw a few that were like they had pieces strapped onto them attached to sexual organs right uh there was a lady being a uh clothesline 
Well, wow. she's being the clothesline post. She must have been thin. She's being the clothesline post. So she had uh, clamps on her nipples that were holding up a clothesline that had clothes on it. Um, uh, oh. I also read of one that was a uh, like a like a tray for drinks and stuff, but the uh, tray's main attachment point was the nipples. Ooh. And that she was essentially supporting the base with her hands beneath the tray, but it was still holding onto her nipples with clamps. Ouch. Um, some of these, yeah, some of these, that sounds like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, this is sexualized furniture. It makes sense to involve something like that, but at the same time. it's all time, about surrendering control. If, if, yeah, a, yeah. A part of this fetish is that, uh, like with BDSM, is you, have, you have a sub and a dom. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not being applied in a dominant or in a BDSM sense, you have someone who is, quote unquote, the sub. Mm-hmm. And that is the person who is the furniture and the dom, the user of the furniture. In its most basic sense. And for this fetish to work properly, you have to have the person who's aroused by using the furniture and the person who's aroused by being the furniture. Mm -hmm. There was also a few that involved, um, like, the use or inclusion of, like, a fucking machine, um, which is... Yes. You know what that is. But just in case... I think his joke was he was responding to that, like, that was his name. Am I wrong? (laughs) That was the joke? Okay. I want to click to that one, yeah. All right. So a fucking machine is basically a machine that has holds attaches whatever to a dildo and literally will be like penetrating someone while also like, I mean, it's like attached to a motor. Will it just like you can turn it up or turn it down or whatever. But sometimes that's also used with human furniture. You're just supposed to kind of sit there and take it and hold whatever you're supposed to be doing or still being utilitarian, but also while getting rammed by a fucking machine. But there is a very heavy component of this that is just like existing nude. Yeah. And that's it. Like not being interacted with at all. Like Yeah, they call just, those decorations. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Others prefer to just hold the position so they can move of their own volition or commanded to take when commanded to take another position. One, another uh, male identifying enthusiast that I found prefers a more unique role. Um, and I'm going to show you guys a picture and I'm also going to describe it for our listeners. <gasps> oh my God. Um, it says what? here, what, what is the, Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to read you this quote first. Um, so the quote is, um, I like to be a very special tool. I like to be a kind of fart absorber for girls. So not necessarily furniture, but he likes to play a particular role. Like in 30 Rock? Um, I don't know. Let me finish. Um, it says, I like to be a very specific, special tool. I like to be a kind of fart absorber for girls. If a girl needs to fart at a party or a nightclub or a friend's house, I like to be seated in the corner of the room, women's restroom. Uh, the girls can then go put their ass against my nose, naked or clothed, and then release their gas into my nose. I have to inhale it and exhale only fresh air. Um, therefore being a fart absorber, which is not necessarily like a piece of furniture, but he does serve a particular so role. I can't be an oven. I was banned from being an oven. <laughs> but he's, he's a made up instrument or but he's a yeah, made up piece of furniture. <laughs> which, well, I've never been inside a woman's restroom. So that might be a thing that's in all women's restrooms and yeah, only he true. knows about it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't think that this kind of actually exists, but it's a thing. And this guy literally like even drew a picture of what that would look like. I mean, I feel like this would probably fall 
under fart fetish instead of. I know, but he's a piece of he's, he's he, becoming a furniture piece of furniture as well. It's a combination of several fetishes. Yeah, he identified himself as a and that's utilitarian his, his piece drawing, of furniture. Mm-hmm. He looks a mm-hmm. little bit like a young Doctor Eggman. Yeah, <laughs> but I might just have Sonic on the brain. Oh, he does look like a skinny Doctor Eggman. Yeah. Uh, I've thought of the Sonic drawing that we brought up the most. Which is the Sonic in Shadow transformed into a toilet? Yes. Now, does the toilet count as furniture? Yes, it does. Because I sit on it. Yeah, because I was actually—that's actually something that I thought about when I first saw that picture—is the overlap between. Um, I, I want to word this right, so get, let me let me say this slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, dehumanizing people for your own function. Yeah. Because if you think about it, in in a sense. Uh, you're using people as lights, as beds, as chairs. There is that slope. I'm not saying slippery slope because that would imply danger. We're not kink shaming here. No. There is that slope that leads towards uh, the utilitarian usage of people as products in the bathroom. Right. Which it, in the research you saw this week, was there a large overlap of from chairs to toilets? Or to um, fart dampeners like that. <laughs> um, I think it depends. Um, I think there's an element. Is that of, a pun? What? Depends. Oh, okay. Depends. I, I a diaper. Oh, I, ha 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 ha! I got thank it. You. All right. Um, I think it depends. That's I think the brandy making puns. It depends on the type of um, what I guess what kind of power play you're doing because like it's one thing to become a piece of furniture and it's another thing for someone to treat you like a toilet. So I think there's like um a power and like degre- degradation kind of yeah. play versus okay, I just want to use you as a chair or I want to use you as a footstool because I feel like footstool is like generally speaking one of the first things you ex- encounter in terms of fornophilia in terms of like BDSM play. Yes, and um, as, as far as degradation goes. Yes. If you're going to look at this from the degradation standpoint, being a footstool sounds like the worst thing you can be until you realize that a toilet is Mm -hmm. also an option. One thing I did see, and I don't know if this is uh, very common, I'm pretty sure it's not very common, but it's called a pee slide, which basically you'll sit on the toilet and lean forward and someone will pee down your back and let the, like, urine drip, drip into the toilet like that in way. jurassic park when jeff goldblum is explained to laura dern the like the nature of uh chaos yeah and he's dripping water onto his hand to show chaos there yeah that exactly i thought he was peeing onto her back <laughs> oh no that was the scene where she was going she shoved her arm halfway through the, the stegosaurus shit well, I just, I don't know. I thought that was Sorry, kind of yeah. interesting. No, that, that is um, very interesting. And I don't know. I mean, apparently that's supposed to be one way like of like creating your own fake furniture, but then it's also like creating your, uh, creating a person to take on the form of actual like uh, already, you know, furniture that already exists. Um, Did you find any other examples of people creating <clears throat> their own furniture? Because actually yes. genuinely like uh, I, I've seen stuff like that before. And it's hard to phase me, but someone having a fetish about being a piece of furniture that doesn't even exist, mm-hmm. that is one of the more out there things I've, I've, I've seen. Did you experience anyone else creating their own furniture? That- a few. There was a few that had more um, interesting takes on things that sort of kind of already exist. Like a pinball machine that fucks its user if they get a high score, but only if they get a high score. Um, there was one that was like a... Ding, 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 tilt. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
um, I, I, you know, I'd have to think about it. I'd have to think about it, but I did find a lot of other ones. Um, and a lot of them like to challenge their creativity. There was actually, um, on FetLife, um, one user who is a foreign affiliate who commented about how people need to get more creative, um, with what they're doing. Uh, she said that she sees a lot of people playing shelves, couches, chairs, footstools, tables, though some should challenge themselves and their creativity, um, as and make themselves into umbrella stands. Lazy boys, um, teleporters, ashtrays. Ashtrays is a big oh, one. Oh, I did see ashtrays. Some people, ashtrays. like there was a girl that was on her knees that had her tongue open okay. and out, and somebody would just right in the tongue, and that would hurt so bad. Electric wheelchair that carries you up the goddamn stairs. A rascal. Yes, or a uh, rascal. Actually, Get over here, little Jeff rascal. Gord. Jeff Gord. Um, changed like changed up one of those old people scooters into rascal. doing something else was it a rascal that's what they're called oh, okay whatever it was um the, like the name brand you ride a segue until you ride a rascal there are also people who have tried to be wardrobes coat racks carpet and hood ornaments Ooh, the lion the witch and the wardrobe uh uh-huh. you're gonna ignore hood ornaments which is the idea of driving and there is oh, a naked shit. person which <laughs> is a five on the fdi holding themselves up as if they were a jaguar oh my god that is a person as a hood ornament but it looks, it looks like, like there's like safety insane. procedures yeah it also looks like there might be something inserted into there it. is um it's attached to the engine and it has a fucking machine going like this huh. i would give that a five I mean, they're not on the highway. It looks like they're on private property. Oh, Oh, wait. That looks like fun. And that's a good, that's a trustworthy Ford, too. Um, A 1998 Ford. He also had several of, he also at one point had one as a hood ornament, which was a woman upside down with um, a fucking machine getting her from the top. And then also somebody else from, uh, that was actually like on the ball of the truck, like a trailer hitch. For the right amount of money, you could pay me to be the hood ornament that's right side up. Uh-huh. But I don't feel like any amount of money could have me be an upside down hood ornament. Yeah. Something about the, the going upside down strapped to the front of a car. I feel like it would be way cooler to be a ship's mast. Like, you know? Like the mermaids. Yeah. Yeah. But is that a piece of furniture? What no, is No, it's furniture? a decoration. And just like this one is, is a decoration. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Like you could be a Christmas tree and you just have a bunch of hooks put through you. I'm kind of um, fascinated by the idea of being prodded stabbed. with needles. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have lots of hooks. Anal hooks that they will Excuse suspend me? you by. Anal uh, hooks? Anal hooks. Um, is that a hook that is going through the anus? No, it's going into the anus and you're hooked up by it. Pardon my lack of knowledge on physiology. I assume that the anus is, like a, is like a hallway. Like, yeah. But you can hook into it? Yep. I Now, I've been on this show for 27 episodes, and we've been watching some raunchy shit. But I did not know that you could hook an anus. Mm-hmm. You can. How else do you get to the prostate? I, I thought the prostate was just... Well, well that doesn't make sense. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know how the human body like, works. It's not in the anus. It is in the anus. No, but oh. it's not like... It's not... You like have to like... You no, have to that like pull to the... It's like a seat where, like, the the ass crack is going into the hook. That's the first time you've seen this? Uh, Yeah. See? Honestly, I mean, this is the first time, and there's there's a picture of one in use, too. I've not seen an ass hook before. Connect to the neck in that one, too. Hey, because if you pull your head forward, you're fucking yourself in your own ass with the hook. Yep. Um, 
Man, the world's an exciting place, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's quite fascinating, some of the things that people have come up with. And I think that it's, I don't know, I think it's it's a lesson in creativity, um, the way that some people can come up with different ways to turn themselves into things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have a, one quote that I thought was kind of interesting and nay inspiring um, from Jeff Gord himself. He's basically a connoisseur in all kinds of fornophilia. There you go. I was asking, we have not really defined who Jeff Gord yeah. is. He has a um, whole website. That he, he had a show on yeah. Animal Planet, did he not? No. Mm, it was Earth. I think I was making a joke about Jeff Gordon. Corwin. Jeff, Jeff Corwin. Gordon is the race car driver. Jeff Corwin was uh, the man who tried to fill Steve Irwin's shoes and could not. Debatably, I guess. Maybe Jeff Corwin has fans. Uh, sorry, Dana. I didn't mean to interrupt I don't think you. he would have his men. I think even his fans would be like, eh, come on. like yeah. No Steve Irwin. Yeah. You can't replace the master. Such a handsome man. So this, uh, this uh, fetish also has a, in a lot of cases, is very intensive for bondage. Like, it is meant to, like, reshape your body in some circumstances what is the the like the word history of the word bondage because doesn't that mean to be constrained in some way and it, to be a piece of furniture is to be whether constrained by a contract to being an object or physically constrained with a bodysuit or anus hook well this this one in particular is a lot of like tight bondage to like kind of reshape or restrain to the point that you cannot in yeah. any way, shape, yeah. or form. Dana has he pulled is... up an image of a woman who's being hung like a Christmas ornament. Uh, is she duct taped and in a suit as well? Yeah, she's, not they, they usually put um, them in a latex suit or a rubber suit um, and then wrap them with um, saran wrap. This is actually, this fetish in particular uh, was one of the few that I read about, that we've read about, mm-hmm. that started off on three of the articles I read saying that this fetish comes with like a suffocation warning mm-hmm. that uh, there is a lot of uh, bondage, bondage, uh, specifically like ball gags and that kind of thing that uh, could uh, uh, could lead to suffocation. Chris this, is stammering one, because of the gift that I brought up. This one in particular has a lot of suffocation involved in it. Yeah, that's a fun or gift. Potentially. Has lost. I yeah. want that on my house. Um, House of Gord, uh, Jeff Gord is also known for making the ballet. Um, uh, what does he call those? Ballet uh, boots is what they're called. And they basically make you walk on your toes. Um, You're not going to discuss the gift that you just pulled up? Oh, yes. Um, it was a, a woman. Tr- yeah, a weather, a weather man. With a giant rooster woman. tail coming out of Over her asshole. asshole. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I try to be PG on the show. Oh, yeah, because for all of our middle school listeners. Right. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting, the different things that... <laughs> They're able to come up with. But I think what it comes from is, and I was going to read this quote, um, Jeff Gord himself said, over the centuries, mere mortal man, artists and sculptors of renown have struggled to capture the essence of femininity in various inanimate and inadequate mediums of paint, stone, plaster of Paris, bronze, and a host of other organic materials. Whilst they come close, none really manage to portray that indefinable something that is womanhood, a mystical state of the art life form uh, that guards its secrets jealous 
flawlessly. In my opinion, they never will. They were using the wrong materials, um, which is yeah, why never looked at many marble statues. Which is why I think that um, he actually turns to using actual women in a lot of the things that he creates. That's almost like Geiger esque <clears throat> the way that Geiger used to draw these landscapes, where the landscape is earth, but it's also technology, but it also is a vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Geiger. Geiger did a lot of vaginas and technology. Yeah, and he also has that cool picture where there's a revolver and each revolver bullet is a baby fetus. I think. I might have dreamt that, but I think it's real also. Uh, so one thing that hasn't been brought up. You didn't dream that. That sounds terrifying. It sounds cool is what it does. Also look up Zadislaw Beksinski because he is better than Geiger and no one gives him enough credit. That is my deep art reference for some reason this week. Um, Here's a human wheelchair. No, that's a wheelchair with a human on it. No, that's a human being that is the wheelchair. Oh, geez. That's a human being. Um, so oh, that I actually, even... that brings me to my next point, which was public usage. Um, yeah. I, I assume a major part of this fetish is, you know, doing this in the privacy of your own home. But there's an exhibitionism element that I can only imagine I did not encounter this week. Mm-hmm. Which is the uh, – like the dude who imagined being the, the fart dampener is being like a public commodity mm-hmm. and that's the part of the fetish rather than use, being used in a singular home by one individual is the idea of being a city bus I believe stop bench. It was a few weeks ago and I believe you might have been gone for that episode. I don't remember what episode specifically. I've only ever missed two episodes. I don't uh, – it was the mannequin episode. I missed the mannequin episode. Uh, we started discussing what it meant. I believe it was the mannequin episode. I did at not what, miss the mannequin episode. At what point, because uh, Rob and I were talking about, at what point is uh, you exhibiting sexual your sexuality encroaching on someone else's consent? I would say that if you gain sexual pleasure off of being a public commodity piece of furniture... You would need the consent of everyone you encounter. Yeah, that's otherwise you are infringing on consent. If you go, if you have a fetish of being a water fountain, and you go to the college campus and you stick out your dick for people to suck urine out of it, yes, yeah, because it's it's also that's good. you're going to offend people, and it's a different violate their. Consent. It's also a difficult thing to discuss because for the exact same arguments that you're using, someone who is closed minded could use more. Uh, Dana has pulled up more images of people's wheelchairs. So would uh, you, this would isn't you a wheelchair. Say, She's a swing. But, oh, my God. But the exact same arguments that you're using, uh, someone who is more closed-minded could say, well, that's why gay people shouldn't be allowed to exhibit affection in public. That's just me being a devil's advocate. No, that, I, I, I understand. Making, I, I, I understand the same kind of argument um, that you were, which is it's a hard thing to argue at what point. I think the argument there comes uh, comes back to the difference between fetishism and mere sexuality because I, I, I think that the big separation there is um, public displays of affection are between two people and they're not inherently sexual. That's why we were talking about during the mannequin episode because it was like – I think it was the mannequin episode. But And this is something that, that genuinely we, – we've discussed on this show a lot and it usually comes back to this is – if you have a very specific or niche fetish, I, I think there is a certain wrongness that comes with taking 
advantage of that in a public space. I the image I always go back to is the dude who takes pictures of girls' feet on a bus. And you know what? I, I'll remove gender from that. A person who takes pictures of people's feet on the bus, that's wrong. That is violating consent. And just as that violates consent, I would say that if you deride sexual pleasure off of being a piece of furniture and you want to be a piece of furniture in public, that would be wrong as well. No response. Where everyone's looking at pictures on no, their phones. That's <laughs> No, I think that makes sense. Um, and I think that it does have a lot to do with consent and what, I don't know, like... So, and, and here's an yeah. honest question, and I, 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 we're open-minded here. We're an open-minded group of individuals. Mm-hmm. The picture that Dana has pulled up is a woman who is being turned into a trailer attachment on a truck. Oh, she's upside down as a hood ornament, and there's one also on the back yes. who is um, riding the... She's really the reverse of a ship mast. She is strapped with what appears oh, to be a... a fucking machine in her mouth. With a fucking machine in her mouth. <clears throat> now, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming by, like... This being uh, this gourd guy you've been talking about, she is way into this. She wants to be into this. She's getting yeah. pleasure out of that. So we're not worried about her. She's Smiling. having fun. Yeah. And the driver of the car is into it too. What kind of consent does this start to violate if this was being driven on a public road? Yeah. See, that would definitely violate a whole host but of – But barring safety because obviously this, this, this truck is not being driven onto public land. Yeah, no. And if you take safety out of it – what consent, if you can even call that consent, is being violated of other drivers having to witness this BDSM activity being performed in public? Uh, you know, that's really hard. That's really hard because I feel like um, that would violate a whole host of, of different kinds of Before you even get rules and, and not not even having to do with I safety. If but you're forcing someone to witness your <clears throat> sexuality, not – necessarily like public displays of affection like kissing and that kind of thing holding hands that i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like you are forcing someone to witness your sexuality by being around them and you're you are making them participate because your unwillingness or your witnessing is fueling it Mm -hmm. yes yeah then that absolutely because it's not even that because there's some people that like like to dress up as dogs and like crawl around in public and yeah. they don't necessarily get off from other people watching them. They just get off from the humiliation, which I guess a humiliation inherently involves other people looking down on you. Otherwise it wouldn't be humiliating. So. I mean, the, the image I get in my mind, mm, I think it's unfair. It's I think that, I think that you need to have express consent from anyone involved, meaning that if you get off on doing this outside out in public you need to make sure you're doing it in a place or at a at a FET party or something like that where other people are also okay with seeing but demonstrations of what you're doing. What if they were to argue that they're not getting off from other people seeing them? It's just this is part of their sexuality. And I don't what, feel like you forcing other people to participate can be part of anyone's sexuality. Yeah, no. And I, I That's feel what like I'm saying, what if it's that could their you know, hinges upon it? That no, mm-hmm. what if I'm I'm saying that it's not necessarily that other people watching it is part of it. It's just that them they are doing it and you just happen to be around. But I feel like there's a difference between sexual identity which is you I mean and again, you are not saying anything homophobic. You are being the devil's advocate mm-hmm. by being homophobic. And so I think there's a difference between standard relationship activities of 
if and, and I'll involve other fetishes to, to, to make this point is if I saw a polyamorous couple walking down the street and it was three people holding hands, I don't, I don't give a shit. That's none of my business. That's what they enjoy. And we don't judge anything, really. If you see a polyamorous couple, that's 30 people who gives a shit. Different variations of trans couples, trans individuals. We don't give a shit. But when you start getting into uh, if someone was walking down the street and one person identified as a dog and they gained their sexual identity was as being a dog and they wanted to walk down the street on four legs yeah. being walked in a BDSM type outfit. That's where I call bullshit. Because I, I think there's a difference between sexual identity as far as relationships and wanting to be accepted within the community and wanting to display uh, a raw sexual activity. And if your sexual identity involves a raw sexual activity being displayed publicly, I feel like that's where it starts to get wrong. Right. I think there, I think what you're, okay, from what you said, Chris, I think what I'm understanding is that there is an appeal to the possibility of being caught. Some people's sexualities are, you know, are caught up in in that yeah. possibility like of like, oh, I'm doing exhibition. something, an exhibition. yeah, where yeah. I might yeah. get caught. Yeah. And so I can see that, but at the same time, um, I think in the event that somebody unwillingly, you know, becomes a part of things or or witnesses something, um, then I feel like that's violating consent. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, as I opened this wormhole with saying, what if your your fetish was about being a uh, you know, a table at a cocktail party surrounded mm-hmm. by people, you really need the consent of that whole party. Right. And I, I don't think there's a, I don't think that there's anything prudish in saying that either. I think that if that was your fetish yeah. and what is so important about fetishism in the modern age that we live in is we live in the age of the internet and, you know, really people are not as judgmental as we worry they are. If mm-hmm. you're into an obscure fetish, you can find your communities. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might put you in some uncomfortable situations but it, it, one of the things we've learned from FetLife time and time again yeah. is you can find a community that will accept you and will accept your fetishism. You just have to be open and confident with your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Let's. I think that's a great segue into talking about pop culture. Okay. Um, I think one of the one of the ways we see. I don't want to say fornophilia, but perhaps it's fornophilia light body shots. I can see that. Well, someone to be in a shot glass. Yeah. Um, and then that also translates into sometimes um, people, and this is something I'm trying to remember what show it was. It was some reality show. Um, I'm not sure if it was like, geez, I don't even remember what it was. It was Rock of Love or I don't know, some some stupid uh, reality show I was watching, but basically had a model laying down. Her body was like, you know, parts of her were covered with leaves, but she was being used as a table. She was laying on top of the table and they were serving their food on her. Yeah, they, they, I've seen um, that in several programs. Uh, yeah. I think that was in It's Always Sunny Philadelphia once with uh, with sushi. If not, I'm thinking of Frank well, erupting from uh-huh. the couch. You which can always talk about the, the women being used as sushi. And yeah, that was in one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when uh, Frank took back his company. I have no doubt that someone watched Danny DeVito erupt naked from that couch <laughs> and was one, sexual attract, sexually attracted to Danny DeVito, but also... <laughs> There were plenty of people who wanted that reenacted with the, with their their desired partner who wasn't Danny DeVito bursting from that couch. <laughs> I just think it's it's I don't know interesting how often we maybe see things like this, like um, in in pop culture because I feel like I had to think about it really hard to come up with a couple of examples well, of this. I think that like not popular culture but more like culture yeah. is you have coat rack 
and footstool. Yeah. And I think those are kind of built into nomenclature where people would if – you, if you put that into a book or a movie, people would know what you were talking about. Right. Uh, I imagine the scene from Community where Abed says, I'm not a coat rack because uh-huh. the coat rack is a common idea, I think. It's also just something that you don't think about. It's typically uh-huh. ignored. And then the footstool is is beneath you. Uh-huh. I, I think I've seen – I think I've seen people having to be footstools in several like fantasy situations. I feel like it's either Adventure Time or The Simpsons where someone is fantasizing or maybe it's even like a, a, an old uh, National Lampoon movie where someone is having a fantasy, a power fantasy right. of like one day I'll be in charge. And so they imagine their higher up or their boss having to be their footstool. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I, can't, I can't pinpoint exactly where I've seen that, but I know I have. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's in a lot of drawn, like illustrated um, yeah. shows and things like that. But it's also been used in protests and demonstrations. Political cartoons. Um, also is very prominently used in the movie Bruno, which is yes. Sasha Baron yes. Cohen's follow up. Yes. That's a table. I was talking about footstool. No, it was yeah. uh, it chairs. Was it was chairs. That's right. It was he, chairs. Uh, he invites Paula Abdul in to uh, have a interview with her and he has no chairs. So he whistles for two, quote, Mexicans. To come over and uh, they get down on their hands and knees. And while she's sitting in the chair, she discusses the importance of yeah, yeah, of ethical treatment. And uh, Dana has pulled up a picture of a woman as a glass table. Yeah, Isn't she... there some guy that really likes shitting on tables with women underneath? That um... is a personal story from a mutual friend of ours that we were not supposed to discuss on the air. No, there's a celebrity that's famous for that. That was a personal friend who is a celebrity that we were not supposed to discuss on the air. Oh, yeah, our personal celebrity friend. I will not say name names, but he was <laughs> one of the lead actors on The X-Files. Oh. But I can't I can't divulge any more information. Paul Giamatti? Yes. <laughs> From that rarely heard of sixth season. Uh, Dana's pulled up a picture of a lady who is a chandelier, mm-hmm. like the Sia song. Sia? It's Sia. It's Sia. Sia. Um, oh, wrecking Ball? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe not furniture, but it is a utilitarian tool. Just like this is a light fixture. The picture was taken in November 2006. Yeah, this is older. Hood so, ornament. yeah, we have Dana's lots of... Picture of hood ornament. These are not pop culture references. But, no. Um, but we mentioned fun. we mentioned a table, so I was going to bring up a table. But I think it's interesting. Um, usually, it's a table that's just a person. This one actually has a piece of glass over the rest of the form, um, which is rather interesting. And it's very artistic in the way that it's it's actually you know choreographed here. So, um, oh wait, I'm I'm going down the street, and I'm in the I'm in the the uh, I'm in the garment district, and there's all these different merchants who are trying to sell me garments, and they're trying to sell me different fabrics, and mm-hmm. I'm not interested. I take a corner, and I'm in this this long alleyway of spices, and it smells of cayenne pepper and and of exotic salts, but I don't want any of those either. And I and I, I go around the corner, and there's this there's this small alleyway full of payphones, and there's a woman. She's wearing a hood and, and a giant trench coat. She pulls open the trench coat and she says, this is my product corner. And I say, what are the goods, Zool? What's on the streets this week? And um, she says, what are you buying? What are you buying? <laughs> I'll give you a good price What kind that. of kink are you I've, looking to shop I've for? I've got several rubies <laughs> and I'm looking to sell my uh, small shotgun so I can buy the advanced one so I'm ready for the boss fight in the castle. Very good. Um, 
What is your product corner of this week, Dana? <laughs> um, so I actually had a fun time researching this, but frankly, um, I think there, I mean, there are a few products that are made for this. You can get, um, well, the asshole hook for one. Yeah. There, there are anal hooks, but that's like, just like general anal play kind yeah. of tools. Um, this isn't necessarily furniture related. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's anal hooks, mom, that's nothing. Oh, please. That's entry level. Um, so hot entry level. Um, ah, that's good. Uh, so basically I, I wrote in for products this, this week. Um, it's really limited only to your imagination. There is a reason why they call Home Depot Dom Depot. Um, I it's heard because, that recently in a, in a pedestrian conversation and nothing to do yeah. with this show. Yeah. You can find anything there. Um, if you want to become a table, there are also tables with people whose heads are in the middle and then they have like, um, the rest of the table is formed from their shoulders. Um, and they put like a piece of wood over their head and the test, the rest of the table follows on their shoulders. So, I mean, like there's, I mean, it's really depends on if you have a saw, if you want to make yourself into a yeah, table. It sounds like a Halloween thing. Yeah. Um, it's a th- also a thing that's a foreign affiliate thing. So, um, it's really limited to your own imagination and what Home Depot has in stock. Um, obviously, if you can tape a person's body to something or or secure it in there, uh, you can make a chandelier. You don't it's even have to buy one. You can just make one for yourself. Um, actually, that's like a second story down there. So. Oh, well, that's more dangerous. Very dangerous. So, um, But there's all kinds of different things that you can make um, apparently out of the human form. Um, and we didn't even get to talk too much about um, uh, male... Um, Furniture. Well, anything we saw happen with a lady today can yeah. be done with a man. Just, For the most part, I saw almost exclusively female. I did see one male, but they were using him as a uh, uh, chair, horseshoe and hand grenades kind of what? game. He had an erection and they had rings that they were tossing onto his erection. Like golden rings? Like from Sonic the Hedgehog? No, because when you, when you hit him, he didn't burst rings everywhere. With that distinctive noise that some Chevron stations have? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I'm At least one listener has to know what I'm talking about. It's sometimes you go to a Chevron station and they have the ring sound effects from Diddy Kong racing. I'm not losing my mind. I'm not losing my mind. But yeah, they were throwing uh, rings onto his dick like it was a carnival game. No, but I mean, as we've learned in the past, you really can't put genders on fetishes. You'll see stuff that's more common. Like I remember when we did our very first episode on foot fetishism that we assumed it would just be fe- a male and female. That was also a case where it was the heavily gendered towards male. Just It was. There there are it, – it's like any fetish. There's not – it's not exclusively male or female. Well, and, and but it's it not – ex- be... it can't be defined. You, you'll find trends, but everyone has their own unique way of looking at every single fetish. Right. That will defy gender, gender norms – and defy personal interest. There'll be people who are sexually aroused by the comedy of it, people who are sexually aroused by the indecent humanity of it, people who are sexually attracted by one specific memory that's unique to them. Uh, with that, are you ready to transition over to the FDI? I think that would be wise. All right, I want to start this week. Okay. Um, we've had a mostly like nonchalant conversation on this one, but I'm actually going to give it a high rating. I'm going to give it a three. But I think that's just because, um, you know, obviously if you have someone pretending to be a lamp, yeah. who gives a shit. But a, a lot of the this fetish involves um, 
not just pretending to be a piece of furniture, but modifying the body in some way. And, um, you know, a higher score is never any way of discouraging a fetish mm -hmm. until you get to about a four and then a five is entirely discouraged. I, I think three is at that level where this is, you know, this is just, it's not being discouraged in any way. It requires the utmost safety and vigilance. Right. Um, obviously not every application of this fetish is going to involve strapping people to the front of a car. Yeah, right. But even so, the lightest form is going to involve people being furniture which involves being sat on mm -hmm. or it's going to involve being tightly bound or it's going to involve trips to Home Depot to smush people between plates of glass. Right. Every picture that you've shown me looked safe, like it was under a safe modeling situation. Yeah. But you have people being hoisted over the second story. You have people who are being uh, smushed between a piece of plastic glass. Mm -hmm. This requires vigilance and safety and Safe words. Safe words. Hey, my back hurts. Or hey, I need to move this way. Or hey, can you please, you know, let me out of this? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all of these people have ways of of um, getting out of whatever it is that they're into. So there's a printing press, which is actually why I would give this a four. Mm -hmm. That's fair because almost every article I read talked about, or it started with a warning, a suffocation warning. Yeah. Because of uh, the gags and because of the intense bondage required. And a lot, a lot of, of pictures I saw had very intense bondage to the point where the person could not move, as well as a ball gag. Right. Which almost makes it impossible to give any sort of safe signal mm -hmm. outside of blinking. Right. Well, and outside of like we've been watching a lot of the extreme stuff from House of Gord, but even mm -hmm. in the most innocuous and light senses, unless you're really just holding a flashlight. I mean, use common sense. Anything that involves it involves a gag or involves a lack to communicate. What is the last one that we just saw there? That that woman is becoming a what? I don't know. It says wired up butt box, but basically it's just they put the rest of them in a box. It's just a but I was going to go down to, to the like Lazy chimney. Susan. Oh, the Lazy Susan would be fun. <clears throat> yeah, because then they would just spin around. We need to have a Kinkast Thanksgiving where there's just people on the table. as like We've turkeys. got the sushi table. Yes. We've got the Lazy Susan yes. woman. Everyone's consensual, obviously, but it's just us. And we, there's never any acknowledgement of it. There's just people on the table. That might be a little expensive. It's actually time we acknowledge this. The table that on which Kinkast is recorded is a human being. Yeah. But which makes the longer episodes... Very difficult. But they're into it, yeah. and we're okay with the fact that they're into it. It's I, a consensual arrangement. Well, yeah, they're nodding. They're good. They're good. Oh, she's a bar stool. Yeah. She's a bar stool. And she's got a uh, fake dick in her mouth? Yeah, they or real, play no, with... Or real dick. That's a real dick. She got oh, a real dick in her mouth. Or is it a fake dick? I'm pretty sure it's I don't fake. mean to be hurting the self-esteem of this individual. No, that's coming through someone's pants. Oh, maybe so. Oh, wait, but that's, that's a fake girl. dick, that's... that's a real dick. Or is it a fake dick? I can't tell. No, look how it bends around her mouth. That's latex or something. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's fake. Um, but there's just, I don't know. There's so many different things out there. I'm going to definitely give this on the high end of a three. I'm going to almost say a three and a half. I know we hate half it's half fine. grades, but I feel like this is <clears throat> pretty, pretty dangerous, especially um, depending on what's involved. Um, but I feel like this can also be really fun. Like... 
Um, some of this stuff looks interesting if that's a thing that you're into. If you're into being objectified, if you're into being a piece of sculpture at a fet, you know, fetish kind of party or something like that, this could be fun. If that's something that you enjoy is, is kind of, you know, upsetting the norm, uh, which can be a fetish all in itself. I think that this can be enjoyable. However, again, this is a risk aware consensual kink. Um, and you need to be sure that you know about what's going on before you actually engage in anything, especially, um, in, in engaging with someone that you trust, because frankly, once you're bound and gagged and everything else, um, you're kind of at their mercy. So it's important that you only practice this with people that you trust. Yeah. This was always comes back to standard warnings that come with BDSM. And that is, yeah. it's all about communication and trust. But, but even mm-hmm. then I think it's a little more cause like I said, exactly. Safe word is almost impossible in this. <clears throat> yeah. Well, in it depends, some, it depends in some on cases, in yeah. some cases. And that's why, you know, um, I, the word slope has become such a shitty word, but I love the word slope. You want to ease into a lot of hardcore fetishes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we've ever even mentioned that on this show before, but if you look up something and you find out you're interested in it, or you end up indulging in something that you've been avoiding thinking about, you know, it's always wise to to slowly get into a fetish rather than jump into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. take a few uh, steps. There's an office jump chair. Dive in the deep end. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that I think that is important to mention on this one, and the reason why I kind of bumped it up to a 3.5 is also because they of the... They would have let me have that at my job. <laughs> um, I think that they would need to make sure that they're like mentally in an okay place for this. Um, being dehumanized, being turned into an object by someone can be probably pretty scary, well, especially when it's somebody else that's dominating you and says, I want to make you into my fucking lamp. Like you need to definitely check and make sure that this is a thing that is acknowledged that is, is playtime play. Like it's not like a, I don't know, uh, an abusive kind of situation. This as well. is something we've discussed on this episode a lot. And uh, it's worthy of a full episode. We're not going to be able to, you know, uh, take this apart now and and reach a final conclusion. Mm -hmm. But there's the idea of the BDSM relationship that requires post-game analysis and discussion in the after. Mm -hmm. But there's also that uh, deflating element there as well, is that once you have this business relationship with someone, Mm -hmm. that uh, you're you're taking away from from the pleasure of, of of the... the sexual aspect of that relationship. Right. Is it always important for a BDSM relationship to have that business side cold discussion of safe words, talking about it afterwards? How did this feel? How did that not feel? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it important? I, I mean, I'm saying it is important. How do you think about, how do you feel about the people who don't want to do that stuff? Is that irresponsible? I think that it's completely irresponsible and I'm 100% so for communication, communicating clearly. Um, and saying like, it is at this point that I say, stop. It is at this point that I'm okay. And it is at this point that I'm like, okay, you can try something else. But I'm talking more about post-game. Maybe, maybe <laughs> oh, I haven't okay. been clear. I think it should be like a, a Super Bowl post-game breakdown where they're analyzing every play. But yeah. you, you say that as a joke. Yeah. And, and, and no, I, as, I, I'm not I'm saying it half as a joke and half as like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I say this as a total outsider BDSM. The only thing I've ever encountered with BDSM is stuff we've researched in the show. And, yeah. and I feel like an attitude you see sometimes is people who don't want to discuss things afterwards because that, that, that ruins the emotion of it. But I feel like discussion after an act of BDSM is just as important as before. Yeah. And both absolutely. are incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm really glad that we were able to just explore this within this context because I feel like um, 
I don't know. This is this is an interesting fetish to consider the the relevancy of of consent and at what point, you know, does does somebody become uncomfortable? But also how far can somebody push this into something really fun and also very interesting? Yeah, it, it rides that interesting <laughs> line where a lot of BDSM is pain based or abuse, mm-hmm. but then some BDSM is humiliation. Yeah. And then finally this is dehumanization. Yeah. Which is that that ultimate form. Sure. Um so we got some letters from the fans? Uh not this no. week. No. no. Not this week. I thought this eraser was a letter from a fan. I'm excited. <laughs> it reads Expo. And Very then good. nothing oh, else. Nothing else. That's what all our fans send us. <laughs> Expo erasers. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Um, I think next week we'll be having episode 32, which is feederism feeding fetish and food play oh i got some shit to say about that one it'll be it'll be a good one yeah there's gonna be some stuff to discuss (laughs) thanks for joining us please make sure to uh i don't know send us shit please yeah send us send us an email that's just like give us five stars Mm. Send us thoughts. Give us, us how many stars you think we deserve. Feedback. Five. What's the most interesting kind of furniture you have seen someone turned into? Um, yeah, if you're involved in any like write that all in review that has five stars, and we <laughs> might read it on the episode. I had a you know my first thought whenever I was thinking about this episode was that one character from Harry Potter that is a chair, and he like un- slughorn. Slughorn. That's it. But that's not sexual at all. What's the name of the lady? From he was Twin trying Peaks to camouflage himself. Turned into a dresser. I don't know. I didn't watch that far. I don't know. Kind of interesting. But yeah, tell us your thoughts. We want to know what your thoughts are on this and our episode on our research. Um, And if you have any other things to add that we should let people know about, let us know. Get us into a human zoo. I want to go to an underground human zoo where the the animals are obviously there with consent. The animals? The the animal people. The people people being the animals. Underground human zoo with consensual animals. Does it have to be literally underground? Yes. That sounds interesting. We'll research it. All right. See you next week.